This Wellness Couch podcast proudly brought to you by the Wellness Base Camp in Perth, our first ever event in WA. This Saturday, April 6th at the Royal Perth Yacht Club featuring some of your favourite Wellness Couch podcasters. For last minute tickets and all info, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings Primal Alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making Primal Living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. On the show today, I have got one of my favorite women in wellness, Linda Gripperick from lindagripperick.com. And she is going to lead us through what your poo says about you. Like it's such a good episode to really just take the Bristol stool chart next level, make it a lot more fun and just go through some of the very uh, common poo characteristics that are out there. And just to get an insight into what does that mean? Like if you're just passing little rabbit poo pellets, (laughs) What's going on? Or if you're doing a massive, big, fat dump that just hits the bottom of the toilet bowl and splashes up on your bum, the water that is, what's going on there? Is that healthy? Is it not? And what does the ideal Nirvana poo look like? Well, Linda is going <laughs> Linda is going to guide us through this. This is a really fun episode. Um, there'll be lots of giggling as you as you'll find out as we go through. Um, but I think it's really uh, empowering to know what your poo says about you. Um, so we're going to really dive into all sorts of things from the color, the smell. Uh, the shape, the uh, the feeling that you get, um, and there really is a thing called poo euphoria. Who's had that poo euphoria when you have the most satisfying dump ever? Now, um, <laughs> don't get too embarrassed and think, oh my goodness, this is going to be too much information because at the end of the day, we've all got a bum and we all have to poo. So isn't it best to find out what your poo says about you? So um, check out Linda, her website, lindagripperick.com. She has a beautiful tea, which is wonderful for optimizing bowel movements, which is called Better Me Tea better me tea and it's one of my favorite teas in the world seriously and I am a tea drinking pom you know I know I know a thing or two about tea so um yeah awesome so before we dive into that let me tell you about my poo this morning no only joking <laughs> but I did no I will actually <laughs> I did have a Nirvana poo accompanied with you poo euphoria which is wonderful because uh, if you know anything about my story, you'll know that I'm coming from a history of chronic constipation where I was only doing like pencil poos like three times a week. So going from that to a beautiful um, 
Nirvana poo every day is literally life changing and transfer so transformative. And you know, I really think when you get the basics happening, you know, like you are having optimal sleep and you wake up in the morning feeling like you've had good sleep and you've got the energy all day and you, your bowels are moving and you're digesting your food and absorbing the nutrients. When those basic things are happening in your life, that's when you start to have that extra energy and clarity and intuition to really sort of tune into what else is possible. And that's what we do in Wellness Sisters, Wellness Sisters, which is my membership group coaching program that runs 365 days a year. So if you've worked with me before in some of my programs like Thrive or Set for Life, um, you'll know that they're just 21 day and six week programs. Well, now I've created a really awesome space um, for women who are on their wellness journey, who are looking to take their health and wellness and lives next level and having that accountability of other women, people there to like share the funny parts of life and to share and to be there, you know, when, when life be life in and shiz happens to have, you know, a group of like-minded women around you who's there anytime is really awesome and can really get you from A to B faster than you could do if you were just on your own. Do you know what I mean? So Wellness Sisters is open to everybody. It's currently at a discounted price of $49 a month. The full price is 108 And if you sign up now for $49 a month, that's, that's you in at the discounted price forever. In Wellness Sisters in March, we looked at our limiting beliefs. So what's holding us back? from having the wellness that we desire. And in April, we are looking at stress and not just like, oh, how stressed are you? I'm more stressed, but actually a pragmatic and system, um, system-based system uh, way to look at stress in our lives and to implement some actionable actions <laughs> that can help us become more resilient and less reactionary. Because seriously, I find that when I fly off the handle at everything, just everything becomes too overwhelming. And when you get yourself into that place of resilience, you're just like you're just like a rock in a river, and life's just flowing over you, and you're not reacting, and you're responding, and it's coming from a much less stressed, harassed, draining place. So that's what we're doing. In the future in Wellness Sisters into winter in Australia, we're going to be doing a guided keto reset. We're going to be doing keto the right way, clean keto, clean green keto. So um, Mark Sisson recommends that everybody has a keto reset at least once in their lives. Put it on your bucket list. I'm a qualified primal health coach and keto um, keto master. So that's really exciting. I've done Mark's keto mastery course. So we're going to be heading into that in, uh, in April. What else? What else? What else? The Primalista baking franchise has gone international. If you haven't heard, we now have PAUSA. It's true. Rashonda is, um, pioneering, this little home baking business into the big old USA. So exciting. So grateful to have exactly the right person 
turn up at exactly the right time to do this and to co-create Primal Alternative USA. In Australia, we still have space for many more Primalistas and that's because my Primalistas do come with sets of conditions, which I actually admire and, and love, right? I'm all about women creating a business that serves them. So my Primalistas come to me and they say things like, well, Helen, I don't want to have any stockists because I'm a diving instructor and I go on lots of holidays. So I don't want to be letting my stockists down all the time. And then I have other primalists that say, well, Helen, I've got 75 children and I couldn't possibly do markets at the weekend because I've got soccer and ballet and sleepovers and playdates and parties. And that's okay because there's no minimum requirements as a primalista. And you really can create a business that fits exactly in around your life. You get to work on your hours, on your terms, um, barefoot and braless in your kitchen. What more could you want, sister girlfriend? <laughs> I know that I was just actually thinking back um, to my corporate Australia days when, you know, getting up on a Monday at half past five, you know, going to the train station, sitting at your desk from eight o'clock till six o'clock. God forbid if you're left before then because you were frowned upon. God forbid if you so much desired fresh air or a break, you know. And I just thought, thank goodness for Sam, my 12-year-old son, coming into this world and and forcing me to basically to leave that job because it just felt so wrong for me as a mum. I'm not judging any mums that work, by the way, but just from my personal perspective, it just felt so wrong to be dropping him off. He was the first kid at daycare at, um, I think it was 10 to 7, I used to drop him off, and the last kid to get picked up, which was about 10 past 5. And, oh, it just breaks my heart to even think about it, but I'm really glad for that that pressure and that stressful time. And, you know, I, I quit my job in my six-figure corporate salary uh, it wasn't good timing because we just we were a young family and my husband was doing um, a building apprenticeship. So he was on peanuts a week. I seriously look back and I do not know how we made ends meet, but we did. And since then, I've tried everything I could think of to um, bring an income into the house. So I was babysitting for the people's kids, which is freaking exhausting. <laughs> when you've got a baby yourself. I tried delivering junk mail, post delivering leaflets. I was a massage instructor, a yoga teacher. I was pretty good at those two things. But still, you know, going out to teach a yoga class at seven o'clock at night, you know, after you'd been up at half past since half past four with your baby wasn't wasn't much fun. So I wish that somebody had come up with primal alternative when I was a mum, but actually I'm glad they didn't because I wanted to do it and I was I got in there first. But but if you're thinking what is she talking about? Well primal alternative is a grain free food range. So we've got pizzas, cookies, uh we collaborate with quirky cooking to um to make to ready make their grain free pastry which is just like omg the best pastry on the planet so much better than conventional pastry uh, so delicious 100% made of whole food ingredients um we also have jellies we have a low carb range called fat and seedy so we've got fat and seedy bread so no starches in that at all 
fat and seedy pizza bases. We've just this year brought out a triple choc keto cookie. So if you've been missing that cookie with your cup of tea on your low carb uh, journey, now, now you can have it. And I'd love you to go to primalalternative.com and check out our whole range. Um, now, I want to get these products to everybody because I want to make grain-free easy. I want to take some of that overwhelm away from this journey because I think sometimes that the stress of having to make everything from scratch can hinder your healing process, right? So how good would it be if you could just get some, you know, some grain-free bread or pizzas for a Friday night night of cooking that was homemade with love by another woman in your community. So you were supporting and shopping local as well. How good would that be? So that's what that's what I've done. And since I launched my baking franchise on Boxing Day 2016, 75 super duper fabulous women have joined me for the ride. And this is just the beginning. So I am looking for more producers. So if this is something that makes you think, OMG, this sounds amazing. I want to be part of it. Then come to my website, primalalternative.com. Now, would you like to find out what your poo says about you? Let's jump into the chat with the wonderful, fabulous, gorgeous Linda and find out. Welcome back to the show, Linda. I'm so excited to have you on to talk all things poo. Thanks for having me back again, Helen. I'm very excited to see your smiling face again. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> and for those that don't know, Linda calls herself the poo whisperer because she's just so obsessed with dirt, aren't you? you just, you've even written a whole blog post about poo. And that's what we're going to cover today, isn't it? We're going to just look at what your poo says about you. So shall we start off with... Um, which, which one do you reckon we should start with? Hmm, good question. But first, what's a, did you, what'd you call it? Dirks. Oh, dirt. A dirt. Dirt. <laughs> one, of my ex, one of my ex-boyfriends used to say he was going for a dirt. <laughs> right. I thought it was your, uh, your New Zealand slang somehow coming into the equation there. No, that's but, the um, one. Right. Well, thank you for uh, clarifying that. And yes, I have written many a blog post on poo, this being one of them. And this one being more about like the characteristics uh, that you want to kind of look out for. Um, so shall we, do you want to start with like, should we start with an individual poop character or do we want to go through overall what, uh, what's the characteristics in your store you kind of want to be looking for and then go yeah. into poo? Let's look at the so the characteristics that we're looking for and then talk us through your absolutely hilarious and entertaining and animated poo pictures that you've got so that when we stand up from doing our dirt, we can turn around and look in the bowl and we can really get an idea of what is going on. Because I don't know about you, Linda, if, if you agree with this or not, but I see my poo as a bit of a like a daily um, report from my body as to how how I did yesterday and how I'm how I'm doing today. Would you would you say that was a accurate picture? Totally. So looking at your stool or even lack thereof can certainly tell us what's going on or give us a little bit of insight what's going on underneath the human hood because it is part of our manufacturing. 
You know, we do need to get rid of waste. We do need to get rid of bacteria. We do need to get rid of those hormone byproducts, which is essentially what poo is amongst other things. But a lot of people don't look at their stool or they might notice if they're constipated because they'll feel uncomfortable and, and they'll notice if they haven't gone. But are we looking at different characteristics and if there's any change? I think that that is the key because we're all so very different. And these um, things that I'm going to be mentioning over the next hour, I guess, is you know just general guidelines, whereas the biggest thing for people to really understand is that any changes from your normal frequency and appearance is worthy of investigating, especially if it kind of lingers around for a little bit longer. So the characteristics. So what we really want to look at is colour. So colour is really important too. You know, the ideal, well, I'll get into the ideal poo a little bit later, but you might notice that your colour might be, you know, a shade of brown, medium shade of brown, or it might be really dark. It might even be red or black and tarry. And it might be yellow or pale or, you know, white even. Not that I've seen a white poo. Um, but colour is really important because it can give us a lot of insight. Texture as well. So if it's formed or if it's really loose, like watery. The shape's important too. So if it's like an S shape and slides out easily or, you know, it could be lumpy, could be pebbly. Uh, size is important as well. You know, is it like pencil thin or is it solid? Um, frequency, so this brings constipation into it or even diarrhoea. So are we going once every two weeks or are we going once every couple of days or are we going daily or are we going multiple times a day, three or four times a day? Um, other things you want to kind of look out for is if there's any noticeable bits in it. So undigested food, mucus, blood, pus, fat globules, and also does it sink or does it float? These things are important observations to make too. Smells important. Of course, your poo's going to smell, um, but it's generally not really offensive. So if it feels like it's, or feels, if it smells like it's really foul and you kind of need to evacuate the room and, you know, warn everyone else that might attempt to go in there for the next half, half hour, you kind of want to be paying attention to that as well. And you want to make sure that you're paying attention to whether it's easy to pass or if you're really straining and maybe even passing blood because you're straining so hard that you're causing things like anal tears and fissures. Um, and other things to look out for is if, that, if, if when you're passing a stool, it's accompanied by pain. So those are the main characteristics that we want to look out for. Awesome. That gives us some good, like that gives us a good kind of like checklist as to what we want to be looking for when we turn around and look into the toilet bowl. But let's talk about some characteristics of your hilarious animated poos and what they look like and what they can tell us about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why I created this, a lot of people are really probably, um, familiar with the Bristol stool chart and it's a bit of a seven point poo scale that a lot of practitioners in clinic use well I'll say okay what does your poo look like is it solid is it this is it lumpy but I find I've kind of found that to be a little bit boring so I wanted to funk it up a little bit and especially because I see constipation and, and looking at stools or even talking about our pooping behaviour has been quite taboo for people. People get a bit nervous or they get a bit shy about talking about something that is so bloody, you know, 
normal. So I created along with um, Joel Tarling, who's a illustrator, some poo characters, and I've called it the, the poo talent quest. So the first one is the rock star. So as you can imagine, he looks rocky or he could be, some people might describe him as being pebbly or looking like pellets or even rabbit poo or nuts. And he's often really hard to, to pass as well and feels quite incomplete and unsatisfying, like you haven't really emptied your bowels. And the colour might be about a medium to dark brown. And this is actually pellet poo is, or the rock star is actually a form of constipation. So stop me at any time if I'm rattling on and, and all the rest of it. Did you want to know a little bit about what that might actually mean if someone has pebble poo? Definitely. I want this to be like a what your poo says about you. So if we, we, we've got a little rock star uh, looking at us from the toilet bowl, why? Like you've already mentioned a little bit of constipation, but what else could be going on? So it could be the indication that there's dysbiosis in the gut, so gut bacteria imbalance, and that could mean an overgrowth of commensals or even pathogenic bacteria and just a general imbalance. It could mean dehydration. It could be the result of things like stress. It could be a sign that you see with someone that who has IBS or even a poor diet that lacks sufficient fibre and water because those things are really, really important for us to, especially fibre, to act as a bit of a broom and a, um, and a sweep, yeah, a broom and a dustpan to kind of move everything through the colon and for it to be eliminated effectively. So those are the main reasons that you'd see your pebble poos. I wish you could see the photos. They are well, we're, so like, <laughs> I, I can see the photos because we're, we're looking at the same thing, which is so exciting. But like, if you want to have this yeah. animated, what's the, um, what's the link that people can find this on your website if they want to play along at home, Linda? So just lindagriprich.com forward slash toilet. Uh, what do you want to call that? Slash bowl yep. dash, <laughs> dash bowl dash confessions forward slash and I'll give you the link so you can pop on your um, show notes and hopefully it'll work for everyone because it wasn't working for you. Hmm. So fingers crossed. Um, so the other fella, shall we move on to the overweight opera singer? Oh dear, he looks like he is uncomfortable <laughs> to get out. <laughs> <laughs> he is, absolutely. And you can probably guess who I was trying to sort of channel when I thought about this fella. Mm-hmm. Um, so He's the overweight opera singer and he can, he's quite large. He's hard, he's thick, he might be a bit lumpy. He, as you mentioned, it's quite difficult to pass, can feel like concrete and he's often accompanied by things like straining and, and pain. And you might actually find that you pass a bit of blood due to that tearing because it's so large. So you might, um, you know, then it might result in things like hemorrhoids or anal tears, otherwise known as fissures. And what you might find here is that the bowel movements are quite infrequent. And again, the colour can be like a medium to dark brown. And this, again, is a form of constipation. So it could be the result of like a sedentary lifestyle, not enough movement, uh, dehydration. Again, things like consuming too much protein can stress the kidneys and can, can result in that sort of chronic dehydration. And these hard, dry stools are really difficult to pass, as I mentioned. And again, a poor diet factors in here. So if there's insufficient fibre and insufficient water intake too. So, any questions on him? 
no, but I have to say it's self-explanatory but so insightful like because i think we all can relate to the, <laughs> the little poor character like oh yeah i've had a couple of those in my time but it's it's interesting to see you know like for me um the uh, overweight opera singer it's like okay so maybe too much protein which is really interesting because you know on a keto or a paleo primal kind of diet there can sometimes be a tendency to be a little bit too much carnivorous and um, not eat as much fiber, which is really interesting. So keep them coming. Who have we got next? Absolutely. And you do want to just balance that out with making sure that you are getting enough plant food, enough vegetables in particular, and enough uh, good fats to just help it along, to help pass it through. And especially enough water and you don't want to be over consuming protein anyways overall whether you're having the the large stool or not because that can um, cause a bit of fermentation in your gut can lead to inflammation and bacterial overgrowth so slight tangent uh just a moderate amount of protein is always a good thing especially if you experience some you know sluggish bowels so just on that sorry just just sorry just to jump in even with a slightly delayed satellite link um so just like when you say when you say moderate protein, can you give us a little bit more of an idea about how much would that be? Yeah, so as a general rule, I like to say to people about your palm portion, excluding the fingers of protein. A lot of us over eat much more than that. And again, this will differ with pregnancy and exercise and whatever it might be and or for, for that particular individual. But as a general rule, most of us are pretty good with that just palm portion and your thickness and your palm, not Anthony Robbins's palm. <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> and the beauty is you can take your palm with you everywhere. So you don't need to, to measure. You just kind of get a general idea of, yep, okay, that, that looks like a massive carcass of chicken. Do I really need that much? No, I can probably perfect. scale it back a little bit. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so the next one is the pop singer. I like to call her the exhibitionist. <laughs> so as you can imagine, she likes to show what she's eaten. <laughs> so, yeah, she likes to expose what she's eaten. So you'll often see undigested food remnants that are visible on your store. And the colour for her will vary. And this could be a sign of things like maldigestion. And maldigestion just means incomplete or impaired uh, breakdown in di- like mal- um, breakdown of our food, so digestion. And it could also be a sign of malabsorption, so poor absorption of nutrients from food. It can also be a sign of things like dysbiosis or low stomach acid, otherwise known as hypochlorhydria. So that, again, just impacts the way in which we clear bacteria but also break down food. And pancreatic insufficiency can be a, um, a driver for something like this. And lots of people do experience, you know, food particles in their stool. And I would add there too um, with seeing food remnants in your stool, a lot of people like myself, could be guilty of wolfing food down and not chewing properly. So mastication is really important, that making sure that you're chewing enough. And I like to say if you chew fast, then put your fork down with every second um, fork lift, you know, and engage with probably the the people that are on the the dinner table with you, for example, Mm. or just if you're on your own, just take your time and be present with your food and chew slowly. So you're not so you're giving your body the opportunity to break it down properly and to also absorb the nutrients from the good food you're eating. 
Cool. So like this picture of the pop singer is hilarious. And so what I'm looking at is um, basically like a lady in like a kind of banana grass skirt with bangles on and like she looks like some kind of cabaret performer. Like it's hilarious. You've got to check out these these pictures. Um, so what about some foods that um, some some of us might see in our poo? Like things like beetroot, things like if, you do, if you've eaten a whole tray of kale chips, like is it is it okay if your poo is going to be a bit purple or a bit green or does yes, that mean yeah. not a bad sign no it's completely normal that is completely normal and even things like sesame seeds for example unless you're really grinding them down you're, you're going to actually see sesame seeds in your stool and that is one way that us practitioners may ask you to um, ask like to get a bit more insight of your bowel transit time, so how long it takes for food to pass through your mouth and then exit out through your anus, we might say, okay, take two tablespoons of sesame seeds, don't grind them and eat it and see how long it takes for it to pass through the system until you see it in the toilet bowl. So there'll be certain exceptions to the rules, some things that just don't get broke down unless you actually help that breakdown process. And when it comes to things like licorice or beetroot or even chlorophyll-rich um, veggies, you're going to see a discoloration. You're going to see a, you know pigmentation in the store, like reds or greens and you know, even charcoal tablets. You might see a bit of black and mm. that's completely normal. You know, it's just a breakdown of... Um, those richly pigmented foods i guess it's always a bit of a shock when you when you've eaten lots of beetroot and you go to the toilet the next day it's like oh i'm dying oh no, no I'm that's, right. that's right i had some <laughs> beetroot last night everything's fine so just on that on the internal transit time so how long it takes for something to get you know in one end and out the other is there like a um normal kind of range of as to what we could be expecting I'd say about the normal would be about 18, 24 hours that you want to see. Oop, it's, for it. Sorry, it's that satellite delay again. If it's coming out faster than that, is that cause for concern or not? How fast are we talking though? So if it's like 16 hours, I wouldn't be too concerned. But if it's coming out and, you know, hour or two then what's happening there why is it passing through the system so quickly why is the body trying to get rid of it you know why is it it shouldn't normally take so long to i mean so short a period of time to pass through the entire system like the esophagus the stomach the small intestine the large intestine the rectum like it would these different systems have almost like a time frame in which they um, break things down and absorb them so and that's the beauty of these sort of little simple tests is that it'll alert you to, well, why is it coming out too quickly? Why is your body getting rid of it? Why is there a fast transit time versus what's happening? Why are you seeing it a week later, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know, that sort of 18 to 24 hour period of time. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. And one final question before we move on from transit time, corn. I mean, I don't eat corn because it's a grain, but there's people that still enjoy, you know, some fresh corn on the cob. Is there any point in eating it? Does anyone actually absorb corn? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm sure you can absorb components of it for sure. I think, you know, our um, stomach acid is pretty potent stuff, but, yeah, you do absolutely see quite a bit of it in your stool, don't you? It's another mm. good transit time indicator. <laughs> um, is there any benefit? Mm, yeah, look, I'm sure it's got some benefits to it. I'm sure it's got some benefit. It's not one that I do tend to recommend frequently, given that I work quite a bit with you know, people who do have really compromised digestive health. Um, 
but I'm not adverse to people having it every so often, you know, because how good are corn on the cobs every so often? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Pretty yummy, especially the loads of butcher yeah. on. So who is yeah, up next? Absolutely. We have the man, which is what we all kind of ideally want to be seeing most days. And he is called the smooth Karuna. <laughs> He's often <laughs> sausage or S-shaped. You can see he's a dude. He's, he's just, such you know, a cool dude. All the ladies. Look at that <laughs> flick of a haircut. He's just the man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he totally is. I love it. I love it. Mm. So he would be, he would feel satisfying and he slides out easily. He's quite well formed, might look like a sausage or an S-shape, quite long and smooth. Pinches off at the end as well without leaving any sort of debris on the bum. You know, sometimes that you kind of, you wipe and you, you feel like you're wiping forever and in a day because it feels <laughs> sticky and tacky and doesn't really come out easily. Um, he's got a bit of a mild smell, but it's not repulsive. Uh, sinks slowly too, so it doesn't sink too fast. Painless, doesn't contain any blood. And he likes to say hello once or twice a day. So you want to be having a bowel movement at least once a day. Uh, for most of us, once is what we're kind of trying to aim for. Some are lucky enough to have two bowel movements a day. Um, and it might be like a, a medium, of a medium brown, like a milk chocolate sort of colour. And you might even experience something that the gastroenterologist, Dr Anish Sheath, has termed euphoria, where you just get that feeling of euphoria after a bowel movement. And I'm sure loads of people would be very familiar with that feeling of a satisfying bowel movement. Oh, it's a thing. It's absolutely a thing. And especially, you know, if you've come in from, you know, a history of chronic constipation to have, you know, Pooforia is like the best feeling, <laughs> the best start to a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Those sort of conversations need to happen in the household. You know, the amazing bowel movement you've just had. Absolutely. <laughs> Full bragging. So mode. this, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I like to say that this is the healthy pooing experience. That's what. That's the driver of the smooth crooner. The healthy yeah. pooing experience. That's the Nirvana poo that we're all going for. Who's this guy? He doesn't look very good at all. He looks like a little worm, like a whole skinny. <laughs> Can you guess who that is? Maybe don't say the name out loud, but uh, we're not going to say anything. Yes. So this fella, I like to call him the tortured lean muso. So he's quite sweet. Sometimes, you know, it might resemble like a pencil. So it's pencil-like, narrow, skinny. Uh, you might experience a bit of straining and he does feel incomplete. You kind of feel like it's been quite uneventful, this, this poo. Now, when you experience this narrow poo infrequently, it's not a huge concern. However, if it's experienced often, you kind of want to get in contact with the healthcare practitioner because it could be a sign that there's obstruction in the bowel or fecal impaction uh, or even things like tumour can be present. So especially if it's accompanied with things like bleeding or severe pain. So again, you can imagine if there's a fecal impaction, like in the, the colon walls, you know, your body's just trying to get rid of waste as best as it can. And so you've just got this narrow lumen or this narrow area for it to pass on through and it looks kind of pencil-like and narrow and skinny and, you know, sad. Mm. <laughs> so that's our tortured lean muside. So if you experience that, if it's a one-off or, or, you know, you experience it for two days, not a big issue. But if you notice it quite frequently, just look into it. I'd investigate a little bit further. 
just to get on top of it. Mm-hmm. Again, sign of constipation this could be. Seal, this other fella, the toxic <laughs> musician, I'm sure, we, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we've met one of those in our lives. So he can smell pretty foul. He can be black or even tarry, and tarry just meaning sticky or shiny. He can be bright red or even maroon or red. And this can be a sign of like bleeding in the gastrointestinal tract or even things like ulcers. Red or maroon blood, well, the black stools are more indicative of that sort of bleeding in the gastrointestinal tract or ulcers. And that red and maroon blood might be indicative of like diverticular, inflammatory conditions of the colon and rectum like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, hemorrhoids and anal fissures. And so those localised sort of problems and even things like cancer. Uh, so, but again, things as we spoke about before, certain foods can cause this kind of discoloration as well. So it can give you a scare when it might just be a food that you've eaten or even a medication like iron and foods such as black licorice, squid ink, beets or blueberries can give you this sort of look. But I definitely, again, if you experience this toxic musician kind of appearance, you'd want to get, for like quite regularly, you'd want to get in contact with a health practitioner and just work through that, investigate Mm. it further. Not just on the days where you've had your iron tablets, because that is exactly what, if you're taking high high potency um, iron tablets, that is exactly, it's the toxic musician is what you get when you go to the toilet. to see what sort of iron uh, you use that you've noticed that because iron bisglycinate doesn't tend to do that as much I've noticed it's a a really um, well-absorbed form of iron and it doesn't actually cause constipation which a lot of the irons do and I don't tend to see um, the really dark store with that but yeah I'd love to hear what sort of yeah I'll um, I'll snap a picture of it and send it to you it doesn't cause constipation like some iron in the past has just been a nightmare but yeah but um on the days where I do sort of alternate you know days and have quite heavy doses it can be a bit tarry TMI never TM never TMI (laughs) there you go you gotta put all these things in context don't freak out until you look at the entire picture what are you taking what have you eaten all that sort of stuff absolutely so, this dude, the roadie, <laughs> otherwise known as the floater. Oh, dear. <laughs> kind of looks like, you know, Kurt Cobain or Silver Chair back in the day. <laughs> um, so, he floats top of the water and floating stools can be quite indicative of gas production by your bacteria in the colon. And it can be often mistaken for steatorrhea, which is um, fatty stools. With the colour of the roadie, you might find that it's light, like pale or grey, even green or yellow. And this could be driven by malabsorption issues or excess gas in stool due to certain foods like sugar, lactose starch, fibre, lactose intolerance, gastrointestinal infections, inflammatory bowel conditions like celiac disease or even cystic fibrosis. Now, this greasy fella. He is the greasy, slimy singer. He's the fella that contains the fat globules. Mm. And uh, the fat globules, that fatty sort of picture is, is called steatorrhea. And you might also experience a bit of mucus or pus in your stool. It might be quite bulky and mushy, greasy, oily and difficult to flush. 
and it may have even a foul stench and uh, usually floats. Um, you might also experience like an oily anal leakage or fecal <laughs> <Yeah>. incontinence. <laughs> Fun. Mm. And, uh, and the colour might be pale or light yellow, clay-coloured, grey. That's sort of colour. And this one, again, some of these crossover, this could be driven again from malabsorption and maldigestion, so you're not able to break down or even absorb the nutrients from your food. Uh, impaired digestion of fats could be an issue too. Poor bile production because bile helps to break down fats. Um, it could be the result of an infection or inflammation in the bowel. IBS can drive this, uh, inflammatory bowel conditions, so Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, leaky gut could drive this fella, chronic pancreatitis, things like SIBO, cirrhosis, uh, even short bowel syndrome and colon cancer, especially when there's you know, blood and pain. Um, but I do want to say as well that mucus is your body's way of protecting you because it just tries to coat the gut lining and help to really, I guess, reduce that inflammation and support you. But it is a sign that there's inflammation present. So another reason to really start looking at your stools to see if there is those fat globules or if it's, you know, quite mushy or floating or appears to have mucus. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like you're going to say something. No, I was, I was thinking, no, 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 it's good. So we're now moving on to just a complete liquid splat. We are looking, yes, we're, and we like to, well, I like to call him the love song singer, so he's quite, you know, smooth, not smooth, but loose and watery liquid. We can refer to this one as a bit of diarrhoea. You might find food particles in there. You might find blood and pus and mucus as well. You might experience other symptoms too, like fever and chills and abdominal pain. And sometimes with diarrhea, some people will, will be evacuating their bowels more than three times a day, for example. So the frequency is elevated and the colour can really vary. So this could be the result of many issues like, uh, like a virus, bacterial, parasitic infection, you know, food poisoning. It could be the result of nerves as well. So if you're feeling particularly stressed, sometimes we might experience a bit of looser bowel movements, IBS, again, gluten sensitivity, or celiac disease, carbohydrate malabsorption, lactose intolerance, inflammatory bowel conditions, again, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, they kind of cross on. You'll probably notice a few different stool types will be driven by things like inflammatory bowel conditions like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and even leaky gut. Now, what the caveat is with something like diarrhea, though, I do like to mention is that when people have watery stools, sometimes it's not diarrhea. Sometimes it's a form of constipation called bowel overflow where loose stool seeps out around a hard impacted stool. And this, again, is your, your body's desperate attempt to get rid of waste. So what you, your body's doing is just creating, liquefying the contents to try to get rid of it in that last-ditch attempt. Uh, so it's not actually diarrhoea. It's a form of constipation for some. And certain medications and supplements can cause that sort of loose, watery bowel movements too, so magnesium and, and different forms of magnesium, especially things like magnesium oxide, antacids, laxatives, um, yeah, so those are the main poo peeps. 
There you go. There you go. So what, like, like you say, this is just like a a kind of a guide and, um, you know, you can, you can go on and and download this chart yourself so you can, you know, examine what's going on for you and, um, compare and contrast with Linda's, um, (laughs) Linda's very entertaining chart. It's a really good one to like get the family involved with. I think that, um, you know, my kids would, would find this just hilarious, but also a good, you know, like, and I've been chuckling along, um, you know, with it as well. But I think it's really important to, you know, not just flush the toilet and, and, you know, without having a good look at what's going on, but, you know, not freaking out and just getting some feedback, um, from your body. So, so have you got any, like, um, before we just kind of wrap up the show, Linda, have you got any, um, advice or sh- or you know any tips you want to share with people when they're examining their their poos mm, good question well i think first i'd like to say like you wouldn't ignore your ch- if your child was experiencing bowel movement or stool changes so don't give that to yourself you know if your child was having explosive diarrhea or there was a strange color to like green stool for example you'd be concerned you'd probably want to investigate it further and to figure out why when it comes to looking at your own poo i think you know you don't need to be too obsessive about it i think it's good to have a glance but also when you're wiping you'll notice some things as well so you know obviously you'll notice if you haven't gone for a day or two so that's going to indicate okay there's a bit of sluggish bowel movements going on there what's happening and is this going to um you know if, is it going to be corrected by my diet and water intake and movement, for example? And if it doesn't, you know, what's really going on here? Is it SIBO? Is there something else going on? Um, what you see when you wipe yourself as well. So, you know, is it, is it tacky? Is it hard to, is it leaving debris on the bum, for example? Or is it like a, you know, pinches off at the end and not a lot of um, remnants left? those things you kind of want to keep an eye on because they're the easiest things to keep an eye on. Um, if you can, a few times a week, start to just glance at the bowl and see what's left behind. You know, is it really light? Does it sink really quickly? Or does it slowly take its... I mean, you're probably not going to stand there and watch it, but if you notice that it just lands really quickly, you know, you'll probably like get a feel for it just dropping and being quite loud or just, you know, ending up at the bottom really quickly. But you'll notice definitely if it's mushy, you'll notice if it feels really good, for example. So looking at those sensations, those feelings, does it feel complete? Does it feel euphoric at times? Do you feel quite satisfied? People definitely notice when they have pebble poo. That's a very common one. So they'll often feel really unsatisfied by it. It's a bit of a struggle. Sometimes they strain and they might just be getting a few pebbles that are coming out and they might be quite hard and and tough. Uh, blood think about that as well so do you have any blood on your um, toilet paper for example is it bright red is it dark that's important as well because if it's bright red it's probably more local and if it's darker it's probably something a little bit higher up in the digestive system and, and might be a little bit older so yeah there's there's a few different ways but I think you don't need to be so obsessive and watch the bowl for an hour afterwards but just get a general feel for what you notice straight away and what you notice on your toilet paper and how does it make you feel when you go to the loo? Do you feel satisfied? Is it hard? Is it painful? Is it accompanied by anything else? You know, 
Mm. Does that answer your question? It does. It answers the question really, really well. Now, if people wanted to get in touch with the Pooh Whisperer herself, um, how, like, how can we work with you? How can we get more access to you? I know you've got your podcast as well. So can you tell us all of the different Linda Gripperick um, offerings in the world? I would love to. Thank you. So, yes, I do have uh, my own podcast as well, Love and Guts. I do talk about digestive health, but it's overall health as well. I have a constipation series on the podcast too. So I've done a few little short solo podcasts where I talk about the importance of going to the bathroom and uh, different things like even supporting your vagus nerve and movement and uh, food and all those sorts of things that really support bowel movements. If people want to work with me one-on-one, then I, all of my consultations are run online via Skype or Zoom or FaceTime, whatever works for people. And I also have a tea, Better Me Tea. So it's all organic and it helps to promote regular bowel movements and just support overall digestive health. Awesome. And I can vouch for the podcast, Love and Guts. It's so good. And I've listened to that um, constipation series and also the Vegas Nerve one that you did too. That was um, really, really good. And the Better Me Tea is the bomb. Like it's so delicious. Oh, yeah, I just love it. And um, we even did a podcast episode, didn't we, where I was slipping Better Me Tea and I was pouring you some. Were. And you thought I was having a wee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did need to clarify because it was, it did feel like it was too dangerously close to a urination sound. <laughs> There's tea pouring out of it. Yeah, it's very so funny. Yes, but I do love that you love it. I love it too. I love it. It's so good. Like it's really a really beautiful tea, and I like to have a cup of tea on an evening um, with a bit of chocolate. And you know, better me teas goes really good with dark chocolate. I just have to say so. Mm. Um, Yeah, check it out. We'll put a link to. I'll put a link to your website and um, the Toilet Bowl Confessions um, blog post as well. Um, And thank you so much for being here today, Linda, and giving us more of an insight to what our poo says about us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on and uh, really good to see you again. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.